Hello everyone and a massive welcome back to the Healthy People's Club podcast and we are officially on season two. Um, I am obviously here and joined by my lovely co-host Celeste. Hello! <laughs> so nice to have you do the introduction. I know, we thought we'd bring a bit of um, a southern accent to the to series two introductions and um, you can let us know which one you prefer. <laughs> um, I always get a bit nervous for that start. I don't know why. I do as well. Well, that was my first one, and I was a little bit. I was a little bit. I had to sweat some for that. You absolutely nailed it. Oh, brilliant! Thank you, darling. Um, guys, we are so 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 excited to bring you series two. Um, we have had um the summer off. Um, as you know, Celeste is a teacher, so she's been here, there, and everywhere on some travels, which I'm sure she'll tell you about in a moment. And um, yeah, so it's just been a nice break. I've spent some time with the family and got on with some um, other work stuff. But yeah, Celeste, how was your summer? Um, it was great, thanks. I feel like it was ages ago now and I, I can't believe that we haven't podcasted for so long. Um, but yeah, it was wonderful. I travelled to Turkey. Um, yeah, I did like a little bit of a solo road trip. Um mostly doing hiking a little bit of beach time um eating lovely food and drinking coffee so yeah that's pretty much it really and then uh the last month or two just sort of been getting back into work and oh that's another thing um I started my master's in mental health and well-being which is is great and I hope that I can maybe bring some of that to this podcast as well so yeah that's kind of a bit of a summary super super proud of you for starting that and it's yeah it's going to be amazing and in a moment that's going to bring us nicely on to our introduction for today's podcast but yeah, uh, yeah so I had uh, Ooh, so I had a uh, yeah good summer too I've been kind of throwing myself into my personal training work I've got some amazing new clients which is so exciting and yeah some other exciting stuff to do with um, the gym uh, in the pipeline so uh, yeah exciting stuff for uh, going into 2023 for both of us yeah that's awesome and I cannot wait to hear more news all right so we're going to um jump in now so as uh, Celeste was just saying um about her master's she is uh, studying mental health and it was mental health uh, world mental health day on the 10th of October although we are a little bit late on this we're officially still recording in October so we thought it would be great to hit on that subject today um, we are going to kick off with, um, so the topics we're going to look at, what is mental health, how to recognise and assess your own mental well-being and the mental well-being of others, and habits we can perform and actions we can take to give ourselves the strongest chance of maintaining really good mental health throughout our lives. And um, we're going to delve into, um, yeah, lots of different um, kind of approaches to mental wellness as well. So I am going to throw this over to Celeste and she's going to give you a little bit of an intro. What is mental health? Um, yes. So um, probably really nice to start today with a quote. This is one of, I know there's so many quotes out there for mental health, um, but the one from mentalhealth.org um, says the following. So it says, we all have mental health just as we all have physical health. Our mental health is how we're feeling inside or how we are emotionally. It's a bit like internal weather. And I I really like that because I think it's quite easy to digest and quite easy to um, kind of just picture in our mind, you know, we're looking at a rainbow and maybe that's happened after we've had a bit of a difficult time, but, you know, we've, we've got through it and we can see that, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel. 
or maybe it's that you know we're having just a bit of a, a a lower day in terms of our mood and I'm just imagining like a little cloud and so I think it's just a really nice way to be able to make um simple connections between yeah how how we are feeling emotionally um and the weather which obviously in England we get a vast variety all the time so we're familiar with recognizing uh, different types of weather completely and I think one of the really amazing things about when because you work with children you when you describe things like that you make it so easy for people whether we're you know children or adults to understand so yeah I think that's a that's that's a great one for everyone kind of you know it, it will change just like the weather and kind of what tools do we need to cope with these changing seasons yeah absolutely and um it's just also quite nice to just for people to understand that as the seasons change, our mood will also change. And, and that's okay. We're not mm -hmm. always chasing like endless sunshine and happiness. Um, actually, it, it fluctuates and it's something that we just need to recognize rather than be destined to focus on being in one particular state all the time. Yeah, completely. Um, I just want to jump in. Um, I was going to do this at the very beginning of the podcast, but it'd be a good place to do it now. Just the caveat, um, today's podcast um, is about mental health and about mental well-being, but we do know that mental illness and mental health is such a vast subject. It's a huge, huge topic, but today we really are just kind of looking at it, um, generally speaking, and also just looking at how we can help ourselves and others um, to feel better when life gets a bit overwhelming, we get stressed and we're not coping well. Uh, we will have other podcasts in the future that delve into a few other topics. But yeah, just to, just to pop that in. Yeah, absolutely. And just also a reminder, you know, neither of us are clinical psychologists. We are personal trainers, teachers um, with a significant interest in in mental health and so the advice that we give today is is general advice rather than sort of clinical guidance completely yeah um so let's have a look now we've got um a few different approaches to mental well-being um one of the interesting ones which i was reading this week was the seven pillars of mental wellness which i thought were really relatable um we're going to delve into them a little bit more as we go but they are a uh, community therapy physical health intellectual health environmental health, boundaries, and self-care. So I thought we could have a little chat around those, Celeste. Which one for you really jumps out at you? Which one would you um, like to start with? I think community, actually. I think that's one personally for me at the moment that I am um, really recognising the importance of. So that, yeah, that jumps out. So basically... I think that, you know, in our westernized society, we are endlessly told, you know, every man for themselves, we're all on this, you know, like 100 mile an hour life where we're we're going from one thing to the next and we're trying to do things at our own, our own speed, our own pace. Um, and most of the time, like independently as well. Um, and regardless of like what track you're on with different elements of your life, I think it's really important that you still have that sense of community and whether that be through work or through your training or through your family, just knowing that you have it there is like really essential. Um, I'm going to be super honest and recently, you know, or some of you might know that I, I've not been crossfitting as much over the last sort of six months and I have been running a lot more. Um, the various reasons but one of the reasons is that you know it's just more convenient I can just get up and do it in my own time and it's on my own but I have massively felt 
not having a sense of community um, to the point where, you know, I've been questioning myself, you know, what would I say to somebody else if they were thinking that they needed to connect with others on a, on a bigger scale? And I'd be saying, okay, have you branched out? Have you reached out to different communities? Um, and I did that over the last couple of weeks. I met up with a group in Manchester called Snappy Runners. Um, and I also um, am part of, a, a, an, I use an app called Runner to help with me with tracking my training. Um, and they also had like a meetup over the last couple of weeks as well, which I went to. But honestly, I can't like even sort of focus on the, the importance of community enough. So yeah, if you're someone who's maybe resonating with some of what I've just said, definitely consider thinking about maybe looking at how your community is right now and what what community could you sort of reach out to and honestly I think you you sort of think oh well you know there's nobody it's just me but when you look and you do a bit of research actually there are so many really cool groups um that people can meet up up with and they're not all super expensive both of the ones I went to are completely free brilliant and I do think that's exactly the case. It can seem, especially when you're, you know, we've all been there, when you're feeling a bit low and stuff, you think there is no one there. There's no one there. There's no way I could find a community. There's going to be no one that's going to want to take me on. But there really, really is something for everyone. It just takes sometimes a little bit of looking. And I think um, physical activity can be such a great place to start. And you do not have to be a CrossFitter. You don't have to be a runner. I've, I was looking on, online the other day at all these amazing walking groups. Mm. Yeah. It's so, so lovely. I was actually chatting. I had a new neighbour move in downstairs um, the other day and um, we bumped into each other for the first time and she was saying, oh, you know, I live on my own. I've always lived on my own and uh, wherever I've lived, I've always chosen blocks of flats and I've always met someone and then from there made like a little community to hang out with. So she's done it through kind of, you know, places she's lived as well, which is just, an, you know, another way. It's a one, something I hadn't thought of before for people that maybe do, you know, she said she got lonely so it's like that's that's amazing yeah that's awesome yeah um which of one for you then Sarah is there another one that sort of springs to mind weirdly it's actually I thought I'd jump in straight with physical health but I'm not going to because um when I was reading these the other day intellectual health really jumped out at me and I first of all had really didn't know what they were talking about so I had to have a good old read which was great um and I really related it in the sense that I, I mean, I, you know, I can only really talk about myself in this sense, but I remember when I was so, so confused about my emotions and feelings, and it got to a point where I didn't know what I was feeling or who I was really, because I hadn't actually taken that time and committed to learning about who I was, you know, and then go into that kind of mode of self-reflection, what my feelings mean, and going into all that and just, you know, working through that, enabled me to be able to self-heal from a lot of issues I'd had before so that one for me was a big big one that it is a little bit of a commitment and it does take time mm -hmm. and also it takes some it takes quite a few tears and quite a, mm -hmm. it can be you know be a bit emotionally traumatic as well because you have to kind of dig really deep within yourself but it's massively massively helped me to kind of commit to learning more and more about myself and that's helped me so much in being uh, my self-worth, confidence, going into new working situation and hugely with my relationships as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. And obviously, like, another thing about our society at the minute is we're, also, we're, we're always sort of chasing that 
instant solution or that instant gratification and that's why you know things like tiktok or um instagram reels like you know we literally will only we we want something within a minute we don't even want to wait the minute anymore to watch the real we're swiping so thinking about that intellectual health and the fact that you you really have to invest invest time in yourself mm-hmm. and that you need that patience as well is, is is definitely something that i i can relate to as well what what would you say helped you the most was it like reading books writing obviously it takes time and there is that patience element but but was there anything in particular that helped there was, there's been quite a few books, wonderful ones I've got to absolutely throw out and um, not just because I think she's a friend and she's also an amazing, um, amazing um, boxer as well. So Hazel Gale, she has a book called Mind Monster Solution and she's also, it's also um, called Fight. So it's got um, two different, um, two different titles. Um, it is uh, that was one of the books that honestly helped me so much. It's mainly about how we self-sabotage and this mind monster that we've got going on in our head who's always telling us we're not good enough. But I would make the hugest recommendation for anyone to go and get that book, Mind Monster Solution. You can get it on Amazon. Um, when this podcast goes out, I'm going to put a link to it. And I'm also going to put a link to um, Hazel's profile um, because she's a therapist as well. So she's an ex-professional boxer. She's an author and she's a therapist. <laughs> she's a, yeah, she's a pretty awesome woman. But yeah, that, that massively helped me. Um, that was probably the start of where, as well, of, of me starting to read a little bit more into it. And from there, I was able to then kind of assess when a feeling or an emotion would come up. And it was one of those feelings or emotions which usually... I'd either bury or I'd allow it to uh, very negatively affect me in the way I would approach uh, people or situations. Instead, I sat with it and I'd really delve into what it means and why it's there. And is this to do with this mind monster that I've got going on? But yeah, so it was, yeah, probably from a reading perspective, that's where kind of my, um, my journey started. And then from there, it's just been a lot of time now kind of spent, yeah, on self reflection. Oh, beautiful. We will, we can link that in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So should we move on to talking about like other methods that people might want to just hear about in relation to mental health and their, their overall wellbeing? Absolutely. Let's do it. Um, so I, I had just noted a couple of things and again, this relates to one book in particular that I was, that I've read recently um, and it's just quite interesting how in different countries um, there are like different methods to think about about well-being and, and mental health as well. Now, in Japan, people there is there is a book called Ikigai and you may have read it or you may have heard of it. Um, I really liked it. Um, I must admit not everyone does, but I really liked it. And their focus is that in order for us to be to be healthy, so to be physically, socially, mentally well, we need to find our Ikigai. And so the Ikigai has got like different um, elements to it. But one of them is finding your passion, your mission, your vocation, your profession. And then they say that in order to find those things, you need to consider the other, another four of following things, which is what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for and what you're good at. And so when I look at this diagram, it just really like, it just brings a huge smile to my my face, actually, because I'm just thinking about how, you know, quite often we have all of these different elements of what contrib- contributes to our 
well-being as completely separate things. But in this like uh, Venn diagram that they use, it's just really lovely to see it all combined together. So that's the first one that I just wanted to mention. But again, I want to spend too much time talking about it. I might just maybe link uh, something in the show notes to share with you, the Ica guy. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I thought that as well. But as soon as I saw it, so yes, we definitely will put um, put some information on there and also pop this picture on because as I was looking at it, I thought, number one, it makes perfect sense. Number two, exactly. Having all that there in front of you, it really did make me smile and it made me feel really kind of, I don't know, content as well about where I'm at at the moment. I don't know if it did that to you. Yeah, definitely. But I thought about you because I was thinking about the you note know, you changing careers. And if you think about like the, the path that you're on now, like what the world needs, like you're support supporting and you're serving others, what you're good at, like you're amazing at what you do. Like, can you be paid for it? Yes. And you should. And you should be paid fairly for it. Just a side note. And do you and what you love. And again, like in, in everything you do, I can just feel like the energy and the love for, for your profession. So yeah, oh I got you when I saw it as well. I'm feeling the energy and the love now. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> um, and then I think the next one, sorry, I'm just going to quickly touch on Bhutan. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Yep, go for it. I absolutely love this. I love this. I think I've maybe mentioned it before in, in previous podcasts, but, you know, let's let's continue with the topic. So um, in Bhutan, there is something called the Gross National Happiness. And um, in 1972, a guy called Jigme Singi Wangchuk. Oh, didn't she pronounce that well, guys? I <laughs> I don't know, I might have completely butchered that one. But um, he was the fourth king in Bhutan and he basically decided that instead of um, measuring the country's um, success on like economic growth, um, they would actually base it all on happiness. So quite often, or I think most of the time actually, Bhutan is rated as like the happiest country in the world. Um, and if you ever look at like what they actually do in Bhutan in terms of like what they spend their time in school focusing on, for example, it's just beautiful and it's lovely. Um, and so, again, we'll, we'll share this picture of the gross national happiness. But I think they have nine different elements. Let me count them I, just in case I'm wrong. Two, four, six, eight. Oh, I'm right. Nine. Um, and they are your psychological well-being, health, use of time, education, cultural diversity, good governments, community, vitality vitality sorry uh ecological diversity and living standards and again like if you think about it, all of those different elements will contribute to your to your overall um mental health your overall well-being and i just love it as like a really nice um and a really nice way to sort of, if you want to kind of analyze and, and sort of figure out, are there any of these nine elements that maybe you need to focus on or that maybe you can't control? And maybe you think about, all right, out of these, which ones can I control and which one can I um, develop? So yeah, I really like those. Me too. And like you said, when something's not there in front of you, it can be really, really confusing sometimes to even think, what, where, where do I even start? What should I be looking at? But with this, you know, if someone had this in front of them, that's one, you know, thing that they could do. But the other thing that really jumps out at me is I can see instantly, you know, a good view, um, which would be as, you know, as people's lives are getting harder at the moment, exactly some of those which, you know, are, are not happening or are, you know, detrimental to their lives. You know, they're working against them rather than for them. 
yeah 100 percent. yeah like you know things like if you're looking quickly at you know you know economic status or you're looking at you know you're looking at you know the education system things like that you know there's there's so much that you know possibly needs to be done yeah i think it's um really really interesting and also like because i've been um studying mental health well-being at the minute um, I can see so many connections between this and um, like psychodynamic theories about what actually impacts our, our mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's the Fonagy theory, actually. Some psychologists probably tell me I'm wrong. But um, that one actually considers sort of you've got like your, yourself in the middle and, um, you know, things that you are just born with. So your your genetics, your sex, your age, your gender. And then outside of these circles, it's like, you know, the next layer is like your parents, who's around you. The next one is then like your, your education, your teachers. And then around that, it's like then the government, uh, social ideologies. And I think it's so interesting when I compare like these theories to just something as simple as like the, the, um, the nine from the Gross National Happiness Center. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a, that, it's another one we'll definitely definitely link to the podcast I think it's a really mm -hmm. important one for people to have a look at yeah for sure um, and then we said we were going to talk a bit about how to sort of recognize and assess your own mental well-being um, I know we've kind of touched on that but should we just talk about a couple of other things yeah let's do it I think um, a lot of this can be related back to um, what we were talking about earlier with the seven pillars of mental wellness um, but yeah just just a few little bits to help you recognizing yourself but also your loved ones and people around you because sometimes there can be these small changes happening to ourselves or others and we don't you know it's hard to pick up on it sometimes because life gets really busy so um a few that you know kind of spring to mind immediately is um or the first one is no longer enjoying the things you previously did enjoy doing mm. it's such it can be so, you know, such a big, a big thing, but also really easy to miss. You know, if you have a, for example, a friend that um, you used to meet, say, three times a week, uh, you know, at the gym or whatever, and, you know, they, they stop coming. They're not doing that anymore. Or they're there, but they're kind of a half there. You know, they're not really enjoying it. They're not really, um, you know, you know, doing the same activities that they were doing before. You know, that can be such a kind of sure sign that somebody maybe isn't coping well or needs the talk. Yeah yeah for sure that like kind of change change in habits sometimes that can occur as well without you overthinking it too much yeah yeah completely and I think that that kind of habit changes can work both ways as well you it can you know you're feeling low so um yeah. you you know you're not going to get up and do that daily habit say that journaling you're not going to do that anymore but also that's actually the thing that's going to help you probably to, to feel better a little bit like you know you get up and you're not doing your morning walk with your friend anymore because you know yeah. you feel a bit too tired no energy you feel low you want to just stay in bed but actually that walk is probably the thing that's going to brighten up your day if you got out and did it yeah for sure yeah um i know it's another ones here are like more um physiological ones so like changes in sleeping habits or maybe changes in um hunger maybe either not feeling hungry or maybe feeling hungrier than usual usual so just maybe recognizing some signs in relating relation to your own physiology um to see if any have, have, have changed over a period of time definitely definitely and um as well one that i've spoke to is quite close to my heart because i've spoke to quite a few 
people and loved ones about this and uh, in both senses. So retreating for me is such a big word when it comes to, kind of, you know, when your mental wellness is maybe on the rocks because you can retreat away from people, you know, they're your community that's actually, you know, there that's going to help you, but you're tr- retreating away from them, kind of staying indoors on your own. Um, you're losing those connections, which you really desperately need. But yeah. also on the other side of it, um, it can be going back to past, I call them past mistakes, you know, going back to people or situations which you knew when you were at your lowest were not good for you. They were not feeding you the right stuff. They were feeding you all the bad stuff. But sometimes when we're at our lowest is the time when we revert back to those old people or those old habits, which can have a really detrimental, uh, you know, a further detrimental effect on us. Yeah, yep. For sure. Seeing that in your friends and family, whoever, you know, and maybe that's the time when you see that happening to step up and say, hey, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. That could be also a good sign for people just to, yeah, like, you, like you've just said, but check in with people as well, mm-hmm. uh, rather than seeing it as like a negative thing. So, oh, you know, look, that person's back spending time with such and such a body. Well, actually, that could be a sign that they need a little bit of your support. Exactly. Yeah, exactly lovely um and so maybe to start to wrap up we could leave people with um just thinking about how habits can affect how we feel yeah and how they affect our mental health especially coming back to that quote from the start which i'll maybe just read it out again so just saying that you know we all have mental health just as we all have physical health our mental health is how we're feeling inside or how we are emotionally it's a bit like internal weather so thinking about that and thinking about um, how we feel, um, what like what might some habits be that that support us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And um, I think the first one for me is, um, am I actually choosing how I spend my time? I, I think being an, an ex, I say ex people pleaser. Am I an ex people pleaser? It's a bit of people pleasing still there, I think. But we'll go with ex people pleaser. This is why it's quite close to my heart. So important to say, I'm a middle child, by the way, so maybe that's why. But um, it's so important to be able to say no to things because and, and not make excuses either and just say, no, I, I don't want to go to that. Um, I think that's, yeah, so choosing how we spend our time, saying no to things, you know, stopping people pleasing as much as we can. And I think this is this would be just it's so beneficial for our mental well-being. Yep. Could not agree more. Yeah, be, yeah, say no to stuff and be authentic. There we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one for me would be it has to, I always come back to this, but it has to be how I start my day. Yes. It oh, is. And and again, another book, there's two books actually. One is the 5 a.m. club, and the other one is the power hour. Um, but I literally call my morning routine now my power hour. It will determine how I feel for the rest of the day. Um, and I even put a post this morning of just a picture of me on a walk. Um, I I have actually, you know, it's that time of year, isn't it, where, you know, it's darker in the morning. It's maybe a bit of like um, the sad, is it, seasonal depression? that people maybe suffer with sometimes as well but I must admit personally like I have struggled a little bit more to get up in the morning over the past sort of month or so and so I've decided just to take off the pressure from my of myself that what I would usually do is be like get up get going you know get the running but actually like I'm still getting up but without that pressure but making sure that 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 in the morning 
I do something that makes me feel good. Whereas before I might have fit sort of three or four things in. Now it might just be one or two. But like this morning, I just got up. I I wrote in my journal, which I always do every morning, first sort of five, 10 minutes. And then I went on a walk. Um, luckily, I had an appointment this morning, so I had a bit of extra time. But I walked all the way to Hampstead Heath Lido. Um, if anyone ever wants to come to the Lido and for a walk, like, yeah, please reach out because I'm always up for that. Um, and then after my Lido, I got a coffee and went for a nice walk. And honestly, like I've been flourishing all day. Um, and it's days like today where it's like, I need to write it down and recognize, all right, this is what I did. And this is how it made me feel. I think it's really important that we, we do sort of, um, pat ourselves on the back a little bit when we are, when we're doing things that, um, support our, our, our positive emotions, yeah, definitely. I've I've done exactly the same recently. We're trying to do one morning in the week now where myself and Joe, my partner, um, sit and have coffee together and do Wordle. And yes, we are geeks. We do Wordle. Sit, have coffee, do Wordle together, but just have an hour every week in the morning where, yeah, we don't really do anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. I really like the idea of that, that quality time. Have I lost you, Sarah? No, still here. Sorry, thought you'd gone. Um, yeah, so I think I think they're kind of morning. What else have we put on here? Yeah, thinking about movement. Are we actually sort of making sure we get in a little bit of movement? Again, not putting too much pressure on ourselves to like make sure it's like vigorous or to be doing like super long runs, but maybe it is just going for a walk or having a little stretch. Um uh, yeah again just just thinking about those those sort of habits that I, I know personally for me really make me feel good but for other people it is really recognizing what those things are it might be that it's um doing some drawing or doing some writing or reading a book spending time with people all those things but those habits those things you do all the time just a reminder as well sometimes like you need to be intentional with those habits and initially you might need to put in quite a lot of effort to make it something that then becomes a little bit more unconscious. Yeah. Um, so definitely like be, yeah, be, be really proud of yourself when you do have those moments where you've made such an effort to do something and it's made you feel good because if you give yourself the recognition, you're more likely to like do it over and over and over again, and then it will become easier. Um, and again, yeah, your, your overall mental health will be supported. Absolutely. Time. And a big one as well. I've just got to say, sorry, I went quiet there. My stepson came in to ask me a question. So let's uh, just bounce that into real life. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, the kind of last little bit from me on that is, um, yeah, just getting out of your comfort zone as well. Um, I know this, you know, this doesn't have to be, you know, the biggest thing in the world. It doesn't have to be, oh, I've got to go and climb that mountain tomorrow. But just doing something that's out of the norm for you you know something you can feel really really you know it's a big achievement for you and um, that for me anyway and you know clients that I talk to um is one of the biggest things that just gives them that kind of real zest for life yeah yeah I think that um we've covered we've covered quite a lot there in today's episode or our first one back um of the new series um but yeah just just wishing everyone sort of um, a really nice next few weeks and um yeah if you are struggling with your with your mental health then you know you can reach out to us we're going to drop some links into the show notes maybe coming back to some of the points that we've mentioned about that finding that community finding that support network 
sort of analyzing how you are mentally and again like thinking about the, the quote that we that we started with and recognizing that we all have mental health so it's okay if you if you're not feeling great like sit with those emotions accept them um and recognize again when when that that internal weather changes and and, and our moods fluctuate yeah i think as well celeste we should put in the link to that book uh wintering yes. this is a good time right now not just because obviously we're going into winter but there's a lot of change happening uh for all of us at the moment um, and with, I'm talking about going, you know, going to a different season, but also everything happened in the current climate, you know, the current uh, economic situation. So, yeah, we can definitely put a link into wintering because it's... Oh, we started talking about astronomy. Yeah, it's a beautiful oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, it was, it's fantastic to be back. Um, yeah, kicking off season two of the podcast. I um, couldn't be more excited. We've got loads of awesome stuff to come, guys. We're going to be covering um some more kind of personal um mental health topics and um yeah we've got a few few amazing guests in the pipeline as well yeah for sure and if you have any questions or any topics that you would like us to discuss um or do you know what just while we're on this topic if you would really like hearing from the healthy people's club podcast and you would like to support us also get in touch um because as we mentioned at the start sometimes it is quite difficult for us to um do these shows with all of our other commitments in life and that is sort of the reality at the minute of paying our bills has to come first as it does for for all of us yeah and uh we have we have so so excited to be back our, our, our little team yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And I will hope to hear from you all soon. Okay. Thank um, you. And recording, Sarah. I'll see you. Speak to you in a sec. Bye. Bye.